Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Let's start with something very light today and talk about the election. The first debate... The question that that kept coming to mind as I was watching this historic debate was, what's wrong with our politics? And David Brooks, in his book called The Second Mountain, writes about the ubiquitous moment, the rot in our politics, when he really captures it in his book, and I highly recommend it if you would want to read that. This is what he says. For six decades, the worship of self has been central preoccupation of our culture. Molding the self, investing in the self, expressing the self, capitalism, meritocracy, the modern social science have normalized selfishness. When a whole society, if built around self-preoccupation, its members become separated from one another. That is what's happened to us. We are down in the valley, the rot we see in our politics is caused by the rot in our moral and cultural foundations. What's wrong with our politics? And everyone in New York says, it's the politician. It's one name that should not be mentioned. It's just the person. If we get a new person in there, everything will go back to normal. Well, maybe somewhat normal. But the question David Brooks is asking the New York Times columnist is how did we get here? What was the map? What were the values? How did we come to this place where the moral fabric of society has deteriorated so much that we find ourselves in this place, in this moment today, My message is not about how you should vote, but it's about mapping out the paradigm that got us to this place. What does David Brooks say? It's the moral foundations. That's right. Tell someone in your picnic blanket, foundations. That's the text of Matthew 7, right? The foundation was shallow. The foundation was shallow. From after World War I, the United States began to move away from what you call a character ethic. From Jefferson, I mean from Washington and on to World War I, the foundation of America was built on the idea of character, integrity, justice for all. The idea of responsibility. Not what you, what the country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And then after World War I, we moved to what Stephen Covey calls a personality ethic. 
where charm and technique and success and narcissism begin to be pervasive and ubiquitous in our culture. And we've been seduced by the idea of easy money, by the idea of being charismatic. Instagram, social, the advent of social is accelerated image. And so now we're projecting who we're pretending to be, but not who we really are. And that's what I want to examine today. This is what Henry Turo once said. For every thousand hacking at the leaves of evil, there is one striking at the root. Our political system will collapse if we continue to just hacking at leaves. You can change the deck chairs on the Titanic and it'll still end in tragedy. This is about paradigm shifting. This is about foundation changing. So how do we strike at the root of the moral decay of our society? We have to look at our own lives. Not look at the speck in our brothers and sisters' eyes or our, someone we disagree with the most, even if they're terrible in our mind and we demonize them. No, we need to examine ourselves to get at the root of the, this cultural rot. So what has happened because of this moral rot? COVID has killed over 200,000 Americans. The result, young people, I can say that now because I'm 40. You need to look not at our government first, but yourselves and ourselves because we're going to need your leadership like never before. If you thought leaders are competent because they work for DC or the White House, now you know it's the illusion of competence. You're, tell someone in your blanket, you're smart as anyone else. You're probably smarter than the current administration. But what happened? What's the result? Our, our leadership, and I'm not picking at one politician, I'm talking about the collapse of moral leadership in our country. When we compare the results, the outcome of mortality of COVID, the New England Journal of Medicine, right at Harvard Medical School, never, ever take sides in politics. They never politicize an issue, but the editors all wrote about the moral collapse of COVID. And this is what they said. The magnitude of this failure is astonishing. The death rate in this country is more than double that of Canada, exceeds that of Japan, a country with a vulnerable and elderly population by a factor of almost 50. Tell someone next to you, 50. That's 50 times worse than a population that's most vulnerable to COVID because of the elderly population. Even dwarfs the rates in lower middle income countries such as Vietnam, by a factor of almost 2,000. This collapse of moral leadership is hidden in plain sight. It's so bad, we're just like, oh, it's not so bad. Could have been 2 million. Over 200,000 deaths. Folks, I know you're at church today and you're at a picnic, but this is a leadership conference right now. <laughs> this is the moral alarm for those of you here today 
who need to take responsibility, not for your own lives, but for this country as well. But if we're going to do that, have that mental paradigm, we need to go back to the character ethic versus the, the personality ethic. We need to go back to responsibility and look at our lives first. And this is exactly what this parable does. The parable of the two house builders is about exactly that. How you get to the root of evil and the moral rot in our own lives. And how we become leaders that can add value to our culture. So, I'm going to just give you two things. Because your attention span in, in the age and the advent of Netflix is not very high. I'm going to give you the point of the parable and the lesson. That's it. Not seven-point sermon, not ten. I can do that. I'm going to give you two, the point and the lesson. So what's the point of the parable of the house builders? Well, the first point of the parable is simple. Cheating always eventually leads to despair. The point, cheating always, tell someone next to you, always, eventually leads to despair. And I say eventually because sometimes in the text, the man who built his house on sand was fine when there was no storm, when the economy was booming. When job creation was going crazy, when the tax cuts were giving companies free rides, some companies like AT&T were giving their employees a thousand dollar bonus checks, then it seemed like everything is just fine. But the point is, it eventually leads to despair. And the question is, why would any sane person knowingly build their foundation on sand? Like the man in this story. Because he was seduced by the promise and convenience of less work, the novelty of projecting an image of living the good life, a straight up winner without breaking a sweat. But none of you struggle with that. You guys are holy here. You guys are deep people. You don't struggle with wanting to be a winner, that, that image on Instagram and in the age of social, because you're deep people. Come on. Tell someone next to you that I'm talking about you. He's talking about you. Text someone and be like, yo, my pastor's talking about you, yo. So cheating always eventually leads to despair. I could not think of any better illustration in the heart of this issue than the movie, Big Sick. How many people seen Big Sick? The story of Gamal uh, Nanjani and his wife, Emily Gordon. The story, the historic, uh, the prolific um, comedian that's now a superhero. He's jacked up. But the story about in Big Sick is a very powerful, poignant moment where Emily's dad um, finds himself with Kamal because his, his daughter gets sick all of a sudden, gets, you know, it's in the hospital, the ER, he visits her, and 
one night he stays, crashes at Kamal's house, and he just brings up the tension in the room with him and his wife, played by uh, Ray Romano. And he says, I know you see the tension between me and my wife, and let me tell you why. And he was like, no, no, let's sleep. I, I don't want to hear about it. It's none of my business. No, no, let me tell you, I cheated on my wife. He's like, okay, let's talk about that tomorrow. But in, in one of the most powerful moments of cinema, from what I could remember, to show you an illustration of how cheating leads to despair, literally this is cheating. He says, Ray Romano says, in a profound way, you know, I cheated on my wife. And you know how you know you want to spend your whole life with the woman you love when you cheat on her? And then Kamal was like, what? He's like, oh yeah, that doesn't sound right. But there was a moment of clarity, a perspicacity in, in that moment when he says, the sex was terrible. Sorry, children. And it was the worst. I don't even know why I did it. And he says, it, he goes, why'd you do it? Why, why did I do that? And come on, just like, okay, I don't want to talk about this. This is really, but there is something that happens at the valley of despair. All of you know where you have failed your own values. This is why cheating is not about cheating others first, about cheating the country or cheating your spouse or cheating on anyone else. But this character ethic right here, this text, this point is about cheating yourself, degrading who you are. And that's what sin actually does. It steals from you. It takes your dignity. It takes your potential and it takes your confidence. the rot of our moral framework. So it always leads to despair. So let me ask you a question in your life. Before we talk about philosophical debates about who is cheating on who, my question is, are you cheating on yourself? Well, the best that God has made you, the character that could bring life, but it's bringing despair, not only to your life, but to the others around you. Why? Is there a rot in our politics? Because there's a rot in the moral framework of our country, and it starts with us. So that's the point. So is there any hope? Yes. The lesson. So what's the lesson of the parable? The lesson is integrity always eventually leads to wholeness. Let me say that one more time. Integrity always eventually leads to wholeness. The word integrity comes from the suffix, the Latin word integer. How many people are math nerds? We have a bunch of engineers. <laughs> Just laugh like that. I said integer and someone's like, whoa. You program something for me. But, but, but the Latin word integer is what? Comes from the word wholeness. You, there's no fractions or fragments in integer. And the word integrity means there's no fragments in your life. There's a congruence of your words and your actions. People who know you know you, not a different version of you. Integrity always leads to value. One time, I'll tell you a funny story. We have Netflix histories, and one time, my wife saw 
continue watching. And she asked me this question. Sam, are you watching this called Hot Girls Wanted? When your wife confronts you about anything about lust, a man, any woman that confronts a man about lust, it's sort of like you're holding a murder weapon and you look guilty regardless. And I said, uh, but she's like, you can tell me. And I said, actually, Christianity Today magazine profiled, it's a documentary. She go, oh. <laughs> and I read the article, it's about sexual trafficking. And I, want, I was interested, but the, I would have to say, the, the cover is very scandalous and provocative. But when she said that, and I showed, I go, no, no. She goes, I want you to watch it with me. She goes, no, it's okay, it's okay, I believe you. No, no, I want you to watch it with me. <laughs> I want you to watch it with me because I want you to make sure. She saw it and she, it was a documentary about how you get women out of sexual trafficking. But here's the thing. For most men who struggle with lust, cheating, adulterous thoughts in their heart, and women, I don't want to be sexist. Some women feel like, I feel left out. Yeah, don't, don't be. But what happened? When you live in integrity, when there's wholeness and congruence about who you're supposed to be, what did my wife receive? She received assurance that he is who he, who I think he is. And it, what? Reassured her. There was wholeness, not fragments, not fragmentation, not pain, not suspicion. Value. The marriage is strengthened. Because I wasn't actually exploiting women, I was actually thinking how to set them free. And that's a journey all men must continue to journey with and journey on. But you see, look, look at the picture of that, the value of fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. When you live a life of integrity, it leads to the wholeness in your families, to your spouse, to your friends. And eventually, when you go to the Oval Office, one of you, hopefully, or in the Senate, or in position of influence in business, that wholeness will what? Per be perpetuated. It would add value to wherever you are. That wholeness is missing in the, in the very fabric of our country. And more reason why the question I want to ask you today is who do you want to be? Do you want to be the man and the women your family can look up to? And when they see you, there's no fragments, there's wholeness. That you're looking in the mirror and you can see yourself and say, I, I, I'm doing my best, I'm doing my part. Amen? But there's good news as well. If you're like all of us struggling, thinking that we'll cheat and get away and, and be more convenient and accessible, and, be, and seduced by the personality ethic. That's why the gospel is good news. We're all sinners saved by grace. Jesus says to all of us today that are in the valley, you're in despair, you feel guilty, you feel lost morally. He says, come to me, follow me. All those who are burdened, heavy laden, need of forgiveness, need of rest, need of healing. Come to me, fall apart, and I'll put you back together. That's the story and the message of the gospel.
yes, we are incredibly flawed. But in our flawedness and in our valley, God loves us like we could never, ever imagine. And that's the gospel. So will you stand with me today? Our Central Park Leadership Conference ends today. Family, more than ever in our country, we need leaders that have integrity. that live a congruent life between their words and their actions. Today, I want to invite you to pray with me. Say, God, I want to be a man and a woman of integrity and character. Clearly, what we don't need more of in our planet right now is intelligence. Intelligence is a, a double-edged sword. It can lead to great advancements, but also can lead to the greatest, greatest evils. If we're going to chop the leaves at evil at the root, then we have to work on our foundations. So I want to invite you to lift your hands with me to God today and pray for a clean heart a right spirit like David prayed and say God I want to be a man and women we want to become men and women that add value to our families to our spouses to our friends to our neighbors and the country and we're not going to try to fix other people but we're going to change what we can and that's my foundation So let's make this our prayer. Create, Create in me a clean heart. Joy, the joy of thy 
So Father, we pray that you would make us men and women of integrity. And that doesn't mean a perfect life. David is the perfect example of imperfect. And our hearts to live for God might be bigger than what it reflects in our actual life, but that progression, that desire, holds us accountable. More than ever before, the rot in our culture, our foundations. If we're going to turn our country around and our lives around, we can't hack at the leaves of evil. We must begin hit the root. So it doesn't start by pointing fingers. It doesn't, it doesn't begin with yelling or ideology or become an ideologue of left or right. It starts with living according to your values. And adding value where you are. Congruence, wholeness, and that will add value to everyone. Our spouse, our friends, our neighbors, our family, and to our country. And that's the witness the world needs to see from the church. Will you bow our heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good afternoon, everybody. We just want to thank you guys for joining us for our Sunday service this afternoon. Before we finish, we have some community news for everyone, and we're going to start off with tithes and offering. As a reminder, you can always tithe through Venmo at Church 180 through our website, 180church.tv, using PayPal, or you can tithe through Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram at 180BRG, as well as on Tumblr at 180BRG. And here we post just a chapter of the Bible every day and a verse of the Bible on the Instagram account so that we can continue to have God's Word present at all times in our lives because we don't live on bread alone but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our next announcement is about the prayer text hotline, which you can find at 539-7-PRAYER or online at prayer at 180church.tv. Again, with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And the prayer text hotline is there so that we can lift up our requests, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our friends, and our family to God. And so that we're not praying about these things alone, but we're praying for them in the context of community. Our next announcement is about small groups. 
And even though we're socially distancing from one another, it's still so important for us to continue to meet so that we can spur one another on, not just in faith in Christ, but spur one another on and encourage each other through the difficulties and the trials that are going on in life. No matter what stage of life you're in, we have a group that would be great for you. And right now, all of our groups are meeting online. So no matter where you are in the city or even in the country, we have a group that would be perfect for you. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30. Our young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30. And our college group, the 180 Fellowship, meets on Fridays at 7.30. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. So finally, we want to invite you to all our social media outlets. Clearly, we are social media savvy from all the lists that you see here, from Facebook to YouTube to podcasts. And I just want to encourage you guys to actually follow along because there's so much rich resources that could actually bless you. From insightful articles uh, through Dr. Sammy that he has written, um, especially from Christianity Today, uh, to insightful, thoughtful discussions on the podcast with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud. And it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you, and to be blessed by Him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. Those are all of our announcements for this Sunday. We want to thank you guys once again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.